0: Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast and this is going to be kind of a very special episode and so I'm releasing it in the middle of the week. So this is kind of a special edition of the Like a Bigfoot podcast and so what's it about? What's it about Chris? Um, As you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm a huge geek when it comes to mountains. Which is probably why I moved to Colorado in the first place. <laughs> but, uh, and in Colorado, the biggest mountains out here are called the 14ers. And these are the mountains that are greater than 14,000 foot elevation. Um, and in Colorado, there's quite a bit. There's like 56. I mean, the numbers kind of constantly changing depending on how you're qualifying it. But there's about 50 some 14ers. And uh, climbing a 14er is. A pretty popular pursuit for a lot of people that live out here, and a lot of people visiting tourists. Um, it's definitely a very Colorado thing to do. <laughs> um, and as you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, we've spoken with quite a few people about climbing 14ers. Um, right off the bat, I'm thinking of Calvin Johansson, who climbed the hundred tallest mountains in the continental US last summer. Will Sieber, who summited over 50 of them in the winter this year, which uh, is not as popular <laughs> to do, uh, and even um, new San Francisco 49er, uh, George Kittle, who talked about climbing 14ers with his dad. Um, and actually, he was the first one that I ever heard about 14ers from. So definitely, I love, I love hearing about him. I love talking about him, all that. So I guess something I want to do is I want to be a proponent for people climbing 14ers, especially beginners or newbies or someone who's never climbed a mountain or you know, maybe maybe you're an experienced hiker, but you've never really tried to summit one of these one of these beasts before. So what we did today, I, I had this episode in my mind for quite some time now, but it's essentially, a guide to climbing your first 14-er. Um, And if you're sitting out there and like, I can't climb a mountain, I just want to tell you that climbing a big mountain is an experience, maybe even like a rite of passage, that I truly believe every single person should at least try once. Because I secretly know if you make it to the top once, you get down. And the whole time, like, coming up and coming down like you're exhausted you're tired you're sweaty you're lightheaded (laughs) you're maybe depleted on food um and you get down well the whole time as you're walking like this is horrible but as soon as you get down and you get that pizza or you get that beer you start planning your next trip so it is something that is addicting but i truly believe everyone should do it and so this is kind of a guide to help you if you are kind of considering climbing your first 14-er. Um, and so what I did today is I brought two friends over. We sat outside in my backyard and we just talked about 14-er. So first first guest is going to be Scott Stark. And he is someone who spent more time above Treeline last summer than most people spend in 10 summers. Um, he moved out here. He Basically, spent the summer kind of tag teaming 14ers with uh, Calvin Johansson, who's doing the 100, and uh, another friend, Judson. And they climbed not only 14ers, but 13ers, uh, some of the smaller ones in Colorado, which uh, sometimes are considered even more difficult than some of the 14ers. So he's very, he's very experienced in that sense. Um, he's someone who has recently become obsessed with the mountains and obsessed with hiking. And uh, yeah, so he he's kind of our experienced person on the podcast. And then I also brought my friend Sean Furlong, who is someone who jokingly claimed that he didn't take a step on dirt. He didn't put his foot on dirt or grass in his last, I think it was eight years living in Chicago. <laughs> And he just recently moved to Colorado, and uh, yeah, and he he recently texted me that he wants to physically destroy himself in the mountains. So he wants to ha- experience a hard, difficult, challenging hike. And uh, fourteener trip was the first thing that came into my mind. So he is definitely, I brought him on to be the newbie, to be the beginner, to ask us kind of clarifying questions just in case we aren't explaining something. And, you know, really, Really, this was just a conversation to inform him of what to expect because I'm planning on taking him up uh, Mount of the Holy Cross this July. So it was just kind of a an intro conversation for him, and then we we hope, and I I do hope that you're listening out there, and if you haven't climbed one, uh, this is something this is something that you might be interested in pursuing after listening to this. And that being said, though. Take take this podcast for what it is. It's simply just a guide from our experiences. So Scott and I are like nowhere near quote-unquote experts, and we're just simply sharing uh, some of our knowledge what and what has worked for us in the past. And, you know, of course, we're still in the pursuit of knowledge and experience when it comes to big-time mountains, so I'm sure there's things... That maybe we're not getting 100% right or, you know, we're we're leaving off this podcast that you're like, oh, they should have talked about this and blah, 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 blah. So if there are these these issues with it, quote unquote issues, but if if you do have some sort of information to add or whatever, feel free to email me at likeabigfoot@gmail.com at or post on our Facebook or or whatever. Just contact us and we can always do a part two to this. Um, my experience climbing 14 years, I've climbed probably, I don't know, 10 or 11 of the probably easiest ones near the front range. So I'm talking Grayson Tories, Quandary, uh, Mount Sherman, um, Mount Democrat, uh, along with one of the most difficult ones. So that was Maroon peak or South Maroon peak. Um, so that's my experiences. Um, and Scott has summited, like I said, uh, probably 20 some of the 14ers, just a good variety of difficulty and exposure with them. Cause he did Pyramid, he's done um snow mass, along with some of the easier ones like Elbert. Uh and you know, just mountains in general. He summited so much more. He he spent a long time last summer, and you'll hear about on the podcast uh summoning mountains. So that's our experience experience. Uh once again, Sean's climbed zero, and so this summer the plan is. We'll have Sean back on after experiencing his first 14 14-er, and we'll kind of hear about first from firsthand uh, how that went, um which should be really cool. So, yeah guys, uh please enjoy. um hope you guys take away some good information and maybe if you're out there and you're on the fence about whether or not you can actually attempt one of these and you know be a quote unquote mountain man. <laughs> Or woman mountain mama uh if, if if you i just hope you guys realize that these are nowhere near impossible there's some easy ones um and really climbing a 14 er is an experience that is within reach of anybody and everybody and it's something i think you definitely should try at least once in your life um but of course in a safe and informed way aka don't start with Longs Peak. <laughs> 'Cause that's what a lot of people do. That's what I attempted to do, which we'll talk about in the podcast. Not necessarily the best one to start with. So hopefully this is a great guide for you guys um climbing your first 14er. Uh if you do this summer, send me a message on the on the Facebook group. I'd love to hear about it. Um or on on Gmail. Um Yeah, one last thing. We recorded this outside because I was like, we're gonna sit outside and we're gonna like just have a beer and enjoy the outdoor weather. Because this is an outside podcast. <laughs> and uh didn't realize till about 30 minutes in that the wind was hitting the mic for Scott and Sean. And every so often that becomes an issue. It's a little bit difficult to understand. It don't it doesn't happen all the time. It happens probably eight or nine times in the podcast. So apologies. Uh I was really bummed when I first realized it, but you know what, man? I guess you just got to roll with the punches. That would be my first advice for climbing a 14er. (laughs) It's not always going to go exactly how you planned it. Just roll with the punches, adapt, uh, and learn from the experience. So so that's the little pre-warning there. Um, Wow, we're like 10 minutes into this intro. Okay, uh, find all of our stuff. At like a Bigfoot. All the social media stuff, all the podcast stuff, it's just under Like a Bigfoot. So you can look at old episodes there. Like I said, the ones about 14 were Calvin Johansson, Will Sieber, George Kittle at the end of the podcast. And I think that's it. Uh, the one I recorded with my cousin, Matt Rackers, uh, has the in the intro my experience climbing Maroon Peak, which was so awesome so insane so intense uh so yeah check that one out too um all right let's get into it this is a very special edition that was the supposed to be the news the news thing like if a special edition comes up all right apologies special edition of like a bigfoot podcast um a guide to climbing your first 14er with scott stark and sean furlong enjoy Uh, welcome to the like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host Chris Ward and today we have an actual topic which is if you're if you're a beginner or a beginner not a beginner like a newbie and you've never climbed a 14 or before what do you need to know what should like all the information or some of the information you should know going into it um, and we're joined today with scott stark who is going to be our like quote-unquote experienced guy right <laughs> that's, At- a, that's what you say <laughs>
1: cousin to tony
0: yeah man i'll, I'll give iron it man. to him yeah yeah <laughs> i was actually gonna mention that oh yeah do you get that a lot i do yeah They're
2: like oh iron man it's funny too so when that movie first came out people were like iron man i'm like why are you calling me iron man They're like tony stark i'm like tony stark like yeah it's like it's like the main character like he's iron man i'm like oh okay i guess so yeah it's yeah it's kind of funny
0: <laughs> um and then we're also joined with uh a begin we brought a beginner to the t- or like a yeah beginner. just an inexperienced man <laughs> in, in life and uh he's gonna climb his first 14 year this summer so i was like you you should show up we'll just have a couple beers and if we need if you need to us to clarify anything or if you just have any questions yeah like bring them to the table so that's sean furlong i've got all the questions and he has all the questions (laughs) and oh yeah also we're outside so you'll hear cars driving by and we have a baby also joining us at the table she's (laughs) she's very inexperienced because she's only been around for like nine months so (laughs) um but yeah man scott you want to kind of give us like an intro to scott a little bit
2: yeah yeah so i started hiking 14 years less than a year ago actually um i've been living out here in colorado for about a year and a half and um i had a bunch of time off last summer and so uh right after i had ended work for the summer um i was kind of you know thinking about like how should i spend all this time off like i'm living in the rockies i have all this time off like what's the best way to Make the most of the time off that I have, and um, on Facebook I saw a bunch of posts from the 14ers group 14ers.com as a Facebook page. Wish and this, yeah, it's it's a great community um, of people who are just interested in you know mountains in general, but especially like, hiking 14ers, 13ers. Yeah. Um, it's a great great community, and um, you know I saw all these pictures being posted of people hiking these 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado. And, um, I mean, they were just amazing and I love the outdoors. Um, the outdoors have been something that I've always been intrigued by. Um, but I never really got a lot of experience, um, being in the mountains until I moved to Colorado a year and a half ago. Um, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, so I'm a native, we're all
0: Midwesterners. I'm a
2: native flatlander. So, yeah. um, so when I moved out here to Colorado, I was super stoked because I had always wanted to live in the mountains. And, um, so last summer Uh, I, I decided that hiking 14ers was going to be a great way for me to, you know, really explore the state of Colorado and, uh, meet some, you know, really, really awesome people and, uh, just have a good time making the most of the time off that I had last summer. And so, um, well, we can talk about how
0: we met kind of, Yeah. so like today (laughs) is officially our first day, like hanging out, but we met before this, uh, I was with Calvin and uh Calvin Johansson, which you should check out those episodes. Um he was doing a hundred for like all the fourteeners, which was like 75 in the continental in the, US. Yeah, yep. And then he was doing just like the hundred tallest mountains in the continental, yeah. So Calvin and I were like snug in his uh Prius sleeping, and we had hiked mount over one night, like we did a night hike kind of, and we got down at like 11 and we saw the weather was supposed to be like pretty nasty but we're like well because we're planning on doing Mount massive the next morning because they're right next to each other and um the weather was supposed to be nasty and when we woke up calvin was like i have this guy scott i haven't met him but i you know he talked to you over the 14ers group
2: yeah 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 i i uh on 14ers on the 14ers group on facebook um he had posted a few things about his 14ers project that he was doing last summer the 75 highest peaks in the continental U S which are all above 14,000 feet. Um, I thought it was super rad when I came across his project that he was doing. So, and I had a bunch of time off, like I said, so I literally just reached out to him over Facebook. I'm like, Hey man, I'm new to hiking 14 ers but I see that you're doing all the Colorado 14 ers Would love to join you on a few easy ones. (laughs) Um, and so he's like, yeah, he's like me and uh, my buddy Chris, who's in town. Um, doing uh mount elbert mount massive you should come out and join us so
0: yeah so anyways it's like four in the morning just a downpour and calvin's like yeah this guy scott's like driving down from vale which is what like two hour drive to leadville uh it's only about 45 minutes yeah oh okay well now i don't feel bad (laughs) at the time though i was like oh my god that's like a two hour drive and he came in and it was just in a downpour i'm like there's no way we're gonna do this mountain today and so you showed up and you're just like hanging in the car window to these two dudes yeah. sleeping next to each other in the car <laughs> And we're like, hey, man, we're probably not gonna do it. Uh, it's raining <laughs> yeah. And it's supposed to rain the whole day yeah. So sorry, man, and then Calvin was like, you know, you're gonna, You'll join me like in a couple of days or yeah more. Yeah, he's gonna let me know what his next Yeah, was. and so then of course we went back to sleep and woke up two hours later and It's like a bluebird beautiful day and then I was like, <laughs> oh my god I feel so every time he <laughs> hikes with you this summer I was like make sure he knows that I feel bad yeah yeah.
2: And, and every time Calvin and I hiked last summer we did quite a few peaks together um we'd always talk about that story just because it was so funny you know first time meeting each other he just turns me away like, sorry man just kidding we're not gonna hike today and then later on in the day on Facebook, he posts these pictures. I and I was <laughs> like, oh, God, what like a they, jerk they move. like today, but.
0: Uh, I, I was. I was like, oh, my God. He's going to think we're like the biggest jerks of all time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So so that's Scott's kind of like story. And then you ended up doing probably, what would you tell me? Like you've done like 20-some
2: 14ers. 14ers-wise, I've done about 22. Um, okay. And then over the course of the summer, um, I also started hiking. Um, a lot of the 13ers and um, in Colorado they have what they call the centennial peaks which are the top hundred peaks in Colorado as far as elevation Um, they're all above 13,800 feet and so um, you know I met a guy Judson actually um, through Calvin um, through our hikes together and uh, Judson's whole goal was to hiked the centennial peaks the top 100 peaks in colorado and so um over the course of the year i've joined them on a lot of those peaks so nice man yeah um yeah, yeah i mean in the past year i've done about 50 peaks yeah okay so we'll do this instead of just just
0: 14ers 14 ers like the popular ones out here right. There's like mountain climbing 101 beginners so uh yeah so that leads to sean furlong who just moved out here just yeah man you want to give us a little intro yeah, for sure <coughs> So,
1: I went to high school with Chris, like, I think half of the guests on this podcast.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so... That, that's the easiest theme. way to get guests.
1: Keeping the theme, keeping the theme. Um, I lived in Chicago for eight years at an undergrad, um, lived in the city the whole time. My definition of outdoors time was a beer garden. So, like, there's no elevation, it's hard to find grass, and usually alcohol
0: is involved with you know. The outdoors. That being said, like, you get to the top of a mountain... You feel like you've been out of beer sometimes. Right, yeah, you you do, you do. (laughs) Totally, yeah, absolutely. days.
1: Yeah, so I moved here to the suburbs of Denver maybe six weeks ago, seven weeks ago now. Yeah. What attracted me to this was more outdoor stuff. I had kind of done all the city things that you can do. Uh, And I think I've accomplished three hikes total. So not bad, you know, maybe one
0: every other week yeah man well you came to me this weekend though as we were hanging out and you were like can we do like a hard like a difficult yeah. what'd you you said like yeah i so
1: i'd gone with my wife which is really fun to go with and but there's a certain pace and distance that we're gonna go together and i really wanted a good good workout and i knew chris had done trail running and all mm-hmm. this stuff and i was like i want to just be heart rate elevated for as long <laughs> as possible that i just to see how far <laughs> i can go yeah so that's you know I just kind of want to see what I can do.
0: Yeah, and so we're planning on doing at least one 14-er, if not more, this summer. So I was telling Scott while we're hiking today, the one thing I hear, I heard from my dad, because my dad was a principal out here. He was talking about how there's just a few people who just become so obsessed with the mountains. It was like their mistress was (laughs) the mountains. Yeah. And they would basically get, like, a mountain divorce. You know what I mean? Like, it would destroy their relationship. So I'm like for myself yeah with a wife and two kids i'm like okay i gotta keep myself in check (laughs) because i have there's so many things i want to do out here i want to do all the things but i know that at least right now when the girls are this young i'm not going to be able to so that being said the compromise is like have like four or five goals for the summer and not a billion goals for me personally and like (laughs) and you can hear the baby right now and like you know go after those goals and focus. Yeah. So I definitely want to take Sean up one. And uh, I was thinking about Mount of the Holy Cross, which you said was a really good one. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, great, great mountain.
0: Yeah, so I guess we could probably just start by talking about like, which ones do you think would be, hold on, one second. I guess, Oh, well, you can talk.
2: Which ones would be like good beginner 14ers? Yeah, so good beginner 14ers are a lot of the peaks on the front range. Um Grayson Tories um are really awesome peaks to do right off I-70. Um Sherman is another great peak. Uh Quandary Peaks another one, really good one.
0: Yeah, man. Quandary yeah, was my quandary. first one. My yeah. wife's first one. Yeah. Man. That one's a great one, dude, cuz I guess what you should know if you've never done one is the approach or not the approach, just the drive to the trailhead on some of them is crazy oh yeah you know yeah yeah yeah.
2: some of the yeah some of the i did a. so the first peak i actually did with calvin was uh snowmass mountain and for people who are not familiar with uh the 14ers in colorado snowmass mountain is a separate mountain from the ski resort called snowmass um and we did the alternate route and just the drive up there it took us literally the drive was so rugged and so gnarly it literally took us Three hours to drive six miles just to get to the trailhead. Dude, so. That's what you don't know. So, understand. yeah, that's so the question. question. <laughs> yeah, so, 14 so stands for
1: 14,000 feet elevation. Right. Which in and of itself is insane. Right. Where are you starting?
2: I'd so, say. It really depends. Yeah. Um, so, like Pikes Peak, um, that one has. So, so, some of the peaks have a lot more vertical than others. So, okay. Pikes Peak has about 7,000 vertical feet. Pikes um, Peak's the Jesus. most, right? Yeah, it's the most, you're starting it's the most in the state. down by Colorado Springs. I mean, Springs. you're basically starting, like, yeah, right by Colorado Springs. Um,
1: How long does it take to walk up 7,000 feet?
2: I've oh, never man. done Pikes Peak. <laughs> 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 I
0: know that that one is just, like, it's a really easy trail. And it's weird because you get to the top and you can drive up Pikes Peak. Oh. So you do the like the hardest thing oh, ever fun. and you get to the top and there's people up there Yeah, yeah the car. So of part people. of the
1: appeal is going up there and being kind of up by yourself. Exactly. Right, right, and exactly. so
0: there's two that you can drive up and okay. that's Mount Evans and Pike's Peak. And both so, of those are like near the Front Range. Those great. are two of the 14ers you can see from Denver. Got, yeah, got it. Um and I've never done the I've driven up mount evans mm-hmm. but i've never hiked it and i do feel like it'd just be a weird experience it. you'd be like
1: i earned this i would feel so cheated <laughs> i would be like cheaters I'm looking at people in cars but
0: i know it's just like a billion switchbacks from what i hear and it's a fairly long trail because you're ex- ascending Question 7, number two, what's right. a switchback sheds. Oh, this is why you're here man because <laughs> i would have just skimmed yeah. over that <laughs> Um, a switchback is basically, instead of going straight up the mountain... You of zigzag? You zigzag. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... So
1: Mount Falcon Park is like that. At exactly. At least the yeah. trail I did. Yep, okay.
0: exactly. And uh, it makes it less steep, but it's... After a while, switchbacks
2: just get, like, yeah. almost brutally tiring. The length right. is yeah.
1: doubled, tripled,
2: whatever. But then, going back to your question, so there's, you know, Pikes Peak, which is about 7,000 yeah. vertical feet, but then you have other mountains that, like Mount Sherman, where you start, like, literally, you start above tree line and there's only about 2,000 vertical feet. Okay. So that's why that's why that's a good one to start on, because yeah. it's, it's a gradual climb, sure. it's not super rugged, and it's only a, a little over 2,000 vertical feet. So, so it's a good mountain to start on. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, when I was texting Chris before I moved here, just kind of like, hey, where should I live, stuff like that, he's like, let's do this. And I'm like, I'm down. And
0: I was like, <laughs> I, I just ignored the question. Yeah. I was like, no, we're doing 14er, right? Right, yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, I was totally fine with that. But he, like, one of he said just so nonchalantly was like what do you need to like be aware of he's like just normal above treeline precautions i don't know what that is i've never been above a treeline right <laughs> what if, like you guys want to so, describe what that is yeah
0: a couple things that are probably just and this like for the beginner 14ers because you get into the more advanced ones then you have all sorts of like your exposure which means you're on the edge of cliffs and Things like that. But if we're just talking straight beginner ones, yeah. um, things you would need to know above treeline would be changing weather. Yes. Um, which can happen very fast. right? Like, so I guess let's start just by like lightning.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So so when you're hiking 14 ers it's really good to start early. And as an early, I mean like before, before sunrise. Sure. So you'll want to start in the summer, in the peak of summer. So in Colorado... In the peak of summer, um, it rains almost every afternoon. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yep, we get, we get thunderstorms almost every afternoon. The thunderstorms only last about 10 minutes, but it comes almost every single day. And so you wanna start early because the thunderstorms are almost um, certain that they're gonna happen. Um, and when you're when you're above tree line, lightning becomes a you're, really big no, danger. Oh, you're the tallest person. You're the tallest thing. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. why that's you're, problem. Li- you're literally the tallest thing, so you're literally like a lightning rod. Yeah. And um, every year um, in Colorado, there's people who get struck by lightning and even killed. Yeah. Lightning is the most dangerous thing. It's it's honestly one of the most dangerous things about hiking mountains in general
1: early get off the mountain before that and it's yep.
0: it's gonna happen that's
2: right, why it's
1: not like an if it's just like a when yeah that's
0: why the mount massive thing with calvin we it was kind of an anomaly that it
2: was raining and storming that morning uh, so we we're like oh this is just gonna happen all day right you know and the, and the general rule of thumb is to be heading down from the summit by noon okay so you definitely want to be below below treeline when those uh, thunderstorms hit. So that's a go. All right, that makes sense. So as, as long as you're below tree line, I mean, yeah, you're gonna get a little wet when it when those thunderstorms hit, but lightning is no longer as big of a factor. Yeah. Okay. You're so. already tall, man. I know. You guys are safe. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm screwed.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so that's like the number one thing that you probably should start off knowing and understanding. That makes sense. Um yep. And you're there's not, no way
1: to combat it other than just be by the trees.
0: Even by the trees, is probably not the safest yeah. spot, I mean, but it's safer. Still, yeah.
2: Yeah. You're still, you're still out there. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so most of the thunderstorms roll in,
2: yeah, afternoon. Yeah, right around like 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock. So if
0: you're by trees and by noon or coming down by You'll be good. Yeah, you'll usually be fine. So yep.
2: what
1: happens if you, for whatever reason, circumstances make it happen that you're up there and it's storming are you just laying flat on the ground so
0: let me kind of get this one with the preface like i <laughs> i wrote out a whole preface before this which i <laughs> won't read it all but the prem the basic idea is um what did i read i wrote it like a couple weeks ago when i was thinking about doing this um but the basic idea is like this is all just what's worked for us yeah and like this isn't legal advice. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> insert disclaimer. Yeah, yep. this is the disclaimer. Like, I, I do realize, like, some stuff is criticized in the 14er community and, like, advice is critiqued and blah, 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 sure. blah. This is just what works for us. Yeah. And this is what I've heard, and I hope I'm not passing along false information, though I don't think I am. With the lightning, what I hear that you're supposed to do is not lay flat on the ground. You're supposed to, um, I guess, I, I, it's easier if I could show you, but you're supposed to, like, squat down like get in a squat position and put your hands on your knees because lightning is going to travel the fastest way through your body possible to get to the ground it's gonna like ground itself as fast as possible okay so think about this if you're just standing up it's gonna go it's gonna if you're standing up you're not touching your knees or anything it's gonna go through your head it's gonna go down through your chest and all of your organs and your heart more most importantly where it could throw off the rhythm And then through your feet and it's going to go through all those organs, which is really going to mess some stuff up. So if you're squatting down and your hands are on your knees, it's still going to go like you're still going to get messed up and you still might potentially like cause major problems, but it's going to go through your head and your arms. To your through to your legs, and it's going to bypass your heart and all your internal organs. Path
1: of least resistance.
0: Exactly. So the path of least resistance you don't want going through your chest. The scary
1: part of what you just described is that you're not preparing to like avoid a strike. Yeah. Like when it happens, this is what you need to be doing.
0: Well, exactly, and that would and I've thought about that situation. Like if I got in myself into that situation, like what would I do? And it would be terrifying because you just be completely you wouldn't have any control over the situation
2: <laughs> right and honestly i mean if, if you're heading down and you're close to tree line you're better off to just sprinting yeah. to the forest as fast yeah. as you can because once you're back in the trees the lightning is the risk yeah. um, goes, way down. goes way down so
0: yeah so lightning's definitely something i mean the best thing is just like anything best thing is avoidal yeah. or avoid yeah. avoidal is that a word avoidance <laughs> and so it'd be like avoidable yeah it would be like you know being prepared checking the weather yeah. all that fun stuff cool. so um right. I guess second thing like above treeline risks. I would just say make sure when you're hiking these like have layers on because you could be well if you're starting early in the morning so it's gonna be cold anyways yeah. but what the temperature is down by this whatever city's closest to the mountains like let's Mount Elbert and Mount Mass is right by Leadville the temperature in Leadville is going to be way
2: warmer than the temperature at the top. Yeah. right. And a story from last summer, um, I hiked Long's Peak uh, with the, my friend Sarah from Boulder last summer. And um, it was it was the last weekend of August. And, you know, when you think of August, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like the peak of summer, like yeah. beautiful weather. Um, you know, we, we started our hike. Um, it was nice weather down at the base of Long's Peak. But by the time we were above Treeline, it started dumping snow oh, God. and and my friend Sarah is this crazy like super crazy mountain woman yeah. I mean she's the crazier the conditions, the better, um yeah. which is good and bad <laughs> yeah but but she loves she loves you know doing awesome super gnarly stuff, and she's like well what's what's this keep going you know it's it's snowing, we're not gonna have to really worry about thunderstorms because um, it's too cold for thunderstorms that happen up here and so we go up there and there's about by the time we got to the summit along there's about six inches of snow up there in the month of august unreal and so um yeah i mean weather can really can change very quickly yeah. on on 14 ers because yeah. um, you know at that, at that elevation <coughs> it can snow any time of the year
1: that reminds me so, so i went skydiving a couple times in like august july super warm you jump from 15,000 feet. So I remember distinctly when the door opened, the first thing I, would, I noticed wasn't like, oh, crap, I'm super high and I'm terrified. It's like, it is freezing. <laughs> and it's the middle of summer. So it's got, you know, I'm assuming it's similar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so just, and same with like the, the storms and stuff. Like the weather can change so fast okay. that you need to just have some, some sort of layers to prepare right. just in case. And if you got wet you know if it started raining and you did get wet it would be very cold um yeah so all right so lightning thing real quick i looked it up because i was like i don't want to be wrong about that (laughs) because that would be bad so it says basically like kind of basically the similar idea um make yourself super small round target and then this says cross your fingers i think they're being funny but uh, uh and like minimize your contact with the ground so that is one thing i heard like tippy toe uh, oh. I'm not 100% sure why you would do that necessarily, and this doesn't say. Uh, it says, "Crouching down on the balls of your feet placed close together with your head tucked down is the recommended position. Um, so it says, encourages lightning strike to travel down your back and not the vital organs. That's the most important part, I think. Uh, <laughs> which, by the way, if you're listening to this, like <laughs> – chances are this isn't going to happen but like it's better to know you should know you should know you know uh like that i guess that would be bad um yeah, and also like point. do all this research beforehand like once again keep in mind you know i'm i know things to a certain extent but probably not to the the full you know anyways uh yeah so that's basically what you do and it also says cover your ears which i was like oh yeah duh like you probably would want to do that right because it's probably loud. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, man, so so those are the two big things. What else would be? I guess, to me, it's just like
2: you're above tree line, There's not a hospital nearby. Right, yeah. right. So uh, another thing to consider <clears throat> is um, altitude sickness um, is a huge factor. Um, if, if you don't live at altitude, um, so if you're coming from – the midwest for example um, you know altitude sickness is a real is a real threat Um, basically what happens with altitude sickness is your body's not getting adequate oxygen and so um, that can cause some really serious uh, problems where um, you basically lose all of your all of your energy Um, you kind of become kind of become in a dazed state kind of lose bearings of where you are what's going on and that could become a huge yeah, danger because sure. um, you don't want to be up there and you know be suffering from altitude sickness and not be able to move because the, being above tree lines definitely not a place you need you should be especially in the summer with the lightning risk and the thunderstorm risk like we were talking about before and the yep. changing weather so you know if, if you're coming from the midwest or somewhere of, with low elevation um, it's a good thing to maybe come a few days early at least um, to to Colorado, um, and spend some spend a few days at high elevation. So a good thing to do would maybe to be to camp at the base of the mountain that you're uh, planning on hiking. Um, just so your body can get acclimated to the altitude. um it Would probably be a good idea to maybe go on some jogs and you know get your heart rate up, get used to the elevation. Um, because yeah, altitude sickness is a really 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 big. Uh, really big risk and the best way to uh, prevent that from happening if you don't live at elevation is to um, acclimate yeah and spend some time yeah I was telling Scott earlier I did the thing
0: for my first attempt at a 14er which should tell you something that it was just an attempt uh, we did the dumb thing the thing that's like classically dumb that a lot of people do every year is we drove out from Iowa like midwest like just from somewhere that wasn't colorado not at altitude and we drove through the night and we went to long's peak because for whatever reason long's peak is the most popular hike just i think it's because right. it's so close to the front range so in rocky to, mountain national yeah, park
2: it's an iconic mountain um, it is easy, easy to get to so yeah.
0: it's the most it's one of the most hiked ones and yet it's one of the hardest it has to be in like the top Twenty-five percent of like challenging. Yeah,
2: it's yeah definitely one of the harder ones,
0: and it's the most dangerous one, mostly because you have people showing up with no experience that are just like, "We're gonna climb this," which is exactly what we did, and we got through the boulder field, and I stumbled the whole way through the boulder field because of altitude sickness, like super lightheaded, cold sweats, you know, like that whole deal that you get, and you and by that point it's not s- scary or intimidating yet. And you cross over the keyhole, which is this is like the classic route up longs. And as soon as you cross over the keyhole, you get to the other side and it's just like cliffs on the other side. And I was so dizzy and lightheaded and everything. I knew that I didn't feel comfortable in that moment to keep going. And so the biggest kick to the ego of all time for a 21 year old, which I was at the time, I watched or I sat in the little shelter while my friends summited and all that stuff so you know if you're feeling altitude sickness like maybe that day is not your day I don't know you don't have to get to the top it's always yeah, gonna be there it's gonna, gonna be there be forever there. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're
2: better off you know hiking the mountain another day yeah um, Than risking your life
0: Exactly. and the weirdest thing will happen though with altitude sickness is as soon as you descend like you go back down you feel feel completely fine again and so you know we went down a thousand feet or five hundred feet and I'm like oh maybe I should go back and like try to get it but but yeah that's just kind of the the whole deal with altitude sickness Mm. and I know there's probably well you talked about uh, a or acclimating to it right and um, I guess if you are in I have a secret spot kind (laughs) of if you're in the Denver area or the Front Range area and you drive up I-70 to Loveland Pass. You can drive to Loveland Pass, which is above Treeline, and there's a really easy 13-er to hike called Mount Snitcow. And I always do that one like two days before doing a 14-er just to get used to it's right. It's fairly easy. It's, mm-hmm. You're gonna be out of breath and stuff, but nothing dangerous. It's just right. a good way to get your lungs ready. Definitely. And your yeah, body kind perfect of, way to do it. yeah,
2: used to it, so. Yep. So, yeah, do you have any, I'm trying to think what else would be important. Um, Another important thing to keep in mind is to make sure you're hydrated. Um, The air is very dry in the mountains in general, Um, especially, you know, in high altitude, the air is super dry, super easy to get uh, dehydrated. So it's always good to, you know, make sure that you're, when you go into the hike, make sure you're already hydrated. And then make sure you bring a lot of water with you on the hike because I mean, not only are you gonna, I mean you're going to be sweating a lot, yeah. Um, hiking up the mountain, and with the air being so dry, you're just naturally going to be getting dehydrated.
1: I mean, I've noticed that just living here. Like, I'll wake up every oh, yeah. morning like I just went out on a bender. Every like I just have in, a desert in
2: my. You mind. have yeah. to carry chapstick with you everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I can imagine. I mean, you're, you're forced to
2: drink water when you live out here. You're
1: a fact. Yeah. And, like, I notice when I go to the gym, if I don't have enough water, like, I can tell. Yeah. It's just, like, I'm dead.
0: Yeah. I don't – when do you adjust to that? I mean, I guess
2: we're all fairly new. You're the most – Yeah. I mean, I, I I drink water all the time yeah. um, just because I know – one, it's just good to be hydrated in general. But I just know living in Vail, I live at about 8,100 8, feet. And so I, I'm at high altitude all the time. Yeah. And so I you – know, when I moved to Colorado, like, I knew I was going to have to – you know stay hydrated because of the dry air and the altitude and um it's just become a habit that i've uh, i've kept um but i mean I, I i would say it's it's good to always just be hydrated yeah, yeah. so
0: when you go on one of these hikes how yeah. much water do you like actually so, measure out how much or are you crush. just like because for me i always bring i overpack on water and i probably overpack on 14ers in general but yeah. i'm kind of like i'd rather be prepared
2: yeah you know so i have a three liter uh camelback bladder that i carry in my pack um on every single peak that i do and um i always make it my goal to drink the entire three liters before i get back to the base of the mountain oh okay so um it's always good to carry water with you for sure um camelback bladder or an osprey uh, bladder is a great uh great way to uh, make sure you have enough water and it's just easy access because you have the hose and it's easy that it's right there so kind of forces you to drink water and um it's super easy to get to your water source so
0: so we just paused it and then realized that the wind was hitting the mic so big apologies i'll try to fix it post podcast as best i can but if uh if that annoyed you like i guess just get used to it because if you're gonna climb a 14er right you're
2: gonna gonna be in the (laughs) way it's gonna be windy like (laughs) <laughs> we're trying to create the full effect at this podcast exactly exactly
0: <laughs> so uh apologies for that but you're talking about water um i heard a tip from a guy uh i'm pretty sure it was from bruce kittle and he was the him and his son were the first people i i heard about climbing 14ers from uh and i was like i was i coached his son he's been on the podcast before uh and i was like if this kid could do it, I can climb a mountain. Come Didn't on. You just get drafted in the NFL? So, yeah, he just went to the <laughs> 49ers. But whatever. Totally <laughs> fair comparison. But when I knew him, he was a little ninth grader, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyways, so the tip they mentioned with water is when you're partway up the mountain, having like stashing a bag full of uh, like so you don't. Like you're climbing up and you're like halfway stash a bag of water, maybe at tree line or maybe like a bit above it. That way when you come back, it'll be there for you. Because that's the part I always run out of water (coughs) is on the way back the last hour, two hours, I'm out of water. But if you have a stash like that you place somewhere so and that way you don't have to carry it all the way to the top. But I guess the key to that would be like, remember where you stashed water exactly. yeah. <laughs> like don't because <laughs> yeah. you know you can be a real jerk and not have manners on the trail and uh you know like yeah. lose bottles of water that'll never disintegrate and like that's bad don't litter on the trail you yeah. know but yep. i thought that was a good tip though because yeah no, and i've is. never done it so actually you know what i think on the first one where we did longs i think we might have yeah stashed the water okay that makes but sense. but what you said about camelbacks having that little tube there
2: yeah it's,
0: to re- like remind you to drink right. is really important because right. if you have a bottle or like a jug in your yeah, backpack yeah. you have to take the backpack down exactly. and you won't drink as much water and you'll inevitably get dehydrated yeah that makes sense yeah okay so um yeah so that was a good one um have you had the experience of like getting quote unquote like socked in by the clouds because I heard that's something to just yeah, be aware of. Yeah,
2: yep. I have been on a couple peaks where um, I have been up in a cloud. Um, You've been physically in a cloud? Yeah, just yep, up up in a cloud.
1: <laughs> you guys are just saying that like it's okay, like that's normal. <laughs>
2: and and you know, it, One, it's a bummer because you hiked up that entire mountain. <clears throat> All the views are gone. All, the, the views are gone, and that's a big reason why you hike peaks is because you, you want to enjoy the views. Yeah. Um, but another thing, when, when you're on a more technical mountain, and by technical, I mean like, there's a lot more dangers, uh, a lot bigger cliffs to fall off of. Um, you know, when, when you're in a cloud, that um, becomes a huge danger because you can't <laughs> really necessarily see exactly where all the obstacles are, and you can't really exactly see where you're going. If The, the lowest visibility I've ever been in is like 15 feet. Oh, okay. And so... Um, That's still. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of a cool feeling when you're up there in a cloud cause you're like, wow, like, I'm up in the clouds. But <laughs> but then you get up there, like, oh, man, like, the, the view's gone. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really pumped because I just summited this peak. But Yeah. um,
1: Did you, like, wait it out? Like, maybe it was a over.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of – I usually try to wait it out, but yeah. sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. And so I have to head back down. But, um, yeah. Luckily, um, I haven't done – I haven't gotten any really bad situations where – Um, I was literally stuck up there and couldn't move. Yeah, that'd be bad. Um, you know, the times that I have been stuck up, um, and the clouds were on easier mountains, I was still able to hike back down, but yeah. But you know, that's another reason why it's good to plan, um, which peaks you're going to do based off the weather. Um, you you know, you definitely, definitely want to plan your, your peaks, um, on sunny days. We don't have to worry about, uh, clouds and.
0: Well from what I heard it's it's just dis, like you're, you get disoriented because yeah. you you don't right. know like it's you're, you have the sensation of going down but it doesn't look like you're going down and and when you get to the top above so eventually I guess to break it down in like real simple terms is you start off on like a hiking trail and you're going through the woods right. for most of them and except Sherman. you start off above treeline which is a great one do that one first uh so you're going through the woods and um it's just like a regular hiking trail you get above treeline and for a while it's a dirt path (laughs) for a while it's a dirt path and then eventually though it turns into like on some of them it's still a dirt path all the way up like elbert is a dirt path essentially the whole way up but at some of them you get to like rock boulder fields and like i don't have you
2: like lose a path yeah so you basically have to go off of markers on the trail um there's these things called karens which are literally like stacks of rocks that previous climbers and hikers have built to help um, future hikers know know where the route is um so those are easy things to follow when you're not on a actual like designated trail yeah
0: but if you were in the cloud, I guess that was the yeah, point I was trying to get yeah. at. If you're in a, can't see that. If you're socked in, you scares. wouldn't be able to see them, and it would be really easy to get off, right? Off trail then, exactly. or off marker. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Have you have you done Quandry yet?
2: I have not done Quandry. Okay, so no.
0: Quandry would also be a really good beginner one, which is funny because we're telling Sean, but we already know. Like, I want to take him up Mount of the Holy Cross, but <laughs> uh, Quandry is a really good beginner one because it's a short, like relatively short. Um, the trailhead is like right next to the road so yep. you literally just turn off the highway and you're, right and you're on the trail which like I said some of them you go up like dirt trails for where it's six miles and it takes three hours to drive oh, on wow. the road and then you feel sick to your stomach from the road it's so bumpy and just terrible terrible uh, just the road is like eroding you know in places and you're driving some people are driving their cars versus like an actual like four wheel drive vehicle oh, gosh. and yeah man it's just quandary is a good one though but the reason i bring it up is because you get to that point and then it's all rocks like this it's super rocky right. pretty much you're not do- scrambling over boulders but it's all rocks for the longest time on that one so you know you got to make sure you're looking for those markers on it and they're fairly easy easily marked on a lot of them so
2: and if you're doing the standard route. Right. For the most part, they're going to be easily marked. Right. And one thing to note, you know, especially for people who really don't have any experience or really don't know anything about mountains in general, um, the elevation of a mountain really has nothing to do with the difficulty of it. Right. Some people just assume, oh, well, the highest mountain in Colorado, Mount that has to be the hardest because it's the highest. No. Um, when really that's not the case. It's actually one of the easier peaks. Um, I have the to imagine grade
1: comes into it, right? Like however steep it is, yeah, it's gonna
2: yeah. be what dictates how difficult it is. Right, 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 and exactly. Then obstacles probably in yep, obstacles, to that. cliffs. <coughs> so that boulders. brings up a good point.
1: So how much are we gonna experience like a cliff face? Where if I fall, I'm for sure dead.
2: Um, you know, it really depends on you know what mountain you do. True. So that's why obviously it's good to start on the easier mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's you know, just a nice trail all the way to the summit. Mm-hmm. But as you get more experience and as you become a better hiker and better uh, climber, um, you'll start doing harder peaks where you'll run into um, cliffs where, you know, if you fell, it's either going to hurt really bad or, you know, if the, if the cliff's high enough, it can yeah. be fatal. Right. And so, um, you know, it really depends on what peaks you do. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of peaks here in Colorado, a lot of the harder ones where you'll run into you know some uh, yeah. some situations where it, if I fall, I'm probably going to die. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> and that's kind of where the adrenaline comes in, too. And that's another reason kind of, like, why I love um, climbing mountains is because the adrenaline rush you get on some of the harder uh, peaks. That's insane. Um, yeah. So. I could imagine after a while if you do the same thing over, it's
1: like, okay, let's yeah, go to yeah. the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well,
0: it's crazy because some of them do go from just, like... A hike, essentially. Right. Mount Albert's a hike. Mount Massive is just like a hike. Right. But you so, get to the more intense ones and, yeah. Or like you, if you fall, you die. Or if you fall, you're going to break something. And then you have to somehow wait it out until someone somehow comes up and gets you. And then
1: yeah. all conversations
0: previous about lightning.
1: Yeah, exactly. about exactly. 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 Yeah. Yep. So
0: there's definitely that to concern about. But, you know. Like with Calvin last summer, when he was planning this, I remember talking to him, and we'd look at like Capital Peak with the knife edge, which if you look that up on YouTube, man, you'll just it'll scare the crap out of I'm you. Avoid
1: all YouTube videos. Yeah, no, this is <laughs> yeah. Done. yeah.
0: Well, so you you know you look at that and you're like, how in the world am I going to be able to climb that? But like doing a natural progression. Yeah through the 14ers you know doing an easy one and then doing a few easy ones and then maybe adding like a medium i don't know what would be some like medium ones like if you're trying to up your level so you're able to start doing kind of the harder
2: 14ers yeah what would you recommend So some of the medium ones that you've done anyways yeah would be uh mount of the holy cross um that's a great. So we're starting oh, yeah. with a medium one. Let's just say okay. So that.
0: yeah, let's. I guess let's, let's start there for Sean's benefit. Yeah. Why? Why is that one? Why would that one be considered a medium one in your opinion?
2: So, um, one, it's really long. It's about the standard route, um, which is the easiest route, is about a little over sixteen miles. And there's a you lot. Failed of... to
1: mention that, Chris. Hey, man, this this is all news to me. <laughs> and
2: there's there's a lot of elevation gain. Um, if I remember right, it's. Above six thousand feet elevation gain. You and wanted a hard hike, Sean. <laughs> we nailed it. <laughs> We're doing it. So that's that's why you know it's it's one of the harder ones. And um, to get to the mountain itself, you have to go. You first have to hike over this um, over this mountain per se. That it's called Half Moon Pass, which is about a fifteen hundred foot vertical climb itself. Which when you when you're starting the hike, it's no big deal because you're fresh. Um, So you go over the pass down into this really beautiful valley that overlooks the peak. You hike up the peak, come back down, and when you're coming back, you know, you're already exhausted. You're like, oh, man, I have to go over Half Moon Pass again. (laughs) And it's just torture. (laughs) It just sucks. Oh, yeah.
0: So there's Uh, like, yeah, that's what Calvin said, too, is you, you actually go down for a ways. Yeah while you're climbing up it and you're like, "Oh, we sh- we need to be going up. Yeah. Why are we going down?" <laughs> and, <laughs> and, it's counterintuitive. And yeah. so
2: distance is a big factor okay. um in terms of um the difficulty of mountains because you want to make sure you have enough endurance yeah. to be able to do the whole thing.
0: We're doing this in July, dude. Yeah, a couple months. <laughs> Even though I'm releasing this podcast in June, I think, but uh Okay. So future us have 1 month to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so what would be some other ones that that you have personally, you know, attempted or done that would be not easy but not difficult, I guess. Not, like, dangerous, difficult,
2: yeah. I guess. Right. Um, another another one would be Challenger Point, which is in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. Um,
0: that one sounds scary. <laughs> yeah,
2: and that one's you know, tough because it's a lot of elevation gain, again, and there's a lot of uh, boulders you have to hike over. And uh,
0: It's like a class two scramble almost like, up the boulders. Yeah, it's like a
2: class two scramble. Okay. Yeah, and scrambling. Um, Let's hit that. Yeah, okay. So the term scramble um, is basically when there's no trail and you're literally just finding your own route through the boulder Means, and scrambling's a lot of fun because it kind of adds another challenge to sure. where you have to find your route. And, yeah. Um, okay. Because when you're hiking on a trail, it can become. I mean, to me personally, hiking is always fun, but it's also fun when you can, when there's a, another challenge added yeah. of making sure you're on course and yeah, yeah, yeah. finding your own uh, route up the mountain.
0: Yeah, and sometimes I don't. I mean. I don't want to say you use your hands that much in a scramble necessarily, but you're doing different movements than rather than just walking, I guess, which is which is fun and it's like a good change of pace. Right. Um, yeah. So okay, challenger point. Uh, is there any exposure in that? Like, do, have you done one that had some exposure but was still? Yeah.
2: Still yeah. not like and a real class quick, exposure, for, is exposure. Exposure is like. Cliff? cliffs and stuff yeah Yeah. so actually the second peak i did um snowmass mountain um (laughs) yeah that that was your second one (laughs) that one that one's still not even a super super hard technical hike um but you know i I would i would consider that maybe like a medium difficulty peak but there's definitely a lot of uh when you get to the top there's a lot of uh really exposed cliffs and uh that really (laughs) it's right where you want them at the and, top and calvin calvin drugged me up that peak as my second one and uh you're like
0: hey man let's do some easy yeah, ones together yeah, this summer i'll yeah. join you on the easy ones I like,
2: like i was like hey i've done one peak so far in mount albert like i want to keep doing some easy ones and he's like yeah let's do snow mass and <laughs> ended up scaring the crap out of me but <laughs> but uh but yeah that, that's another uh another uh medium difficulty one, you I'd mentioned
0: say. something on there that I guess is a term people could know is
2: is scree right yeah yeah so scree is basically like loose rocks okay um up on a slope of a mountain and um scree is definitely um not fun to hike through because it's loose so basically every step you take you're basically like slipping almost you have to keep your balance it's really exhausting um and with scree you also have to worry about rock slides because you can literally cause a rock slide um, when you're hiking down the mountain or if there's people hiking below you you could literally kick rocks off the side of the mountain um, down the slope towards them which can become a problem Um, there's people in Colorado who die every year from a rock falling on their head from their buddy or (laughs) sometimes it's a case where um, mountain goats or bighorn sheep will be above you on the cliff and uh, they'll kick rocks down on you. Um, and that can become a huge problem, too. Yeah. So it's always good to avoid um, animals when you're on. Really uh s- steep, exposed areas with loose rocks and scree because they can kick rocks on you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> let's uh, no fun. Let's put a pause in this because it's starting to rain on us, and because uh, <laughs> it's the afternoon in Colorado, and we'll go inside real quick so you won't hear the wind anymore. Hammer us, <laughs> hey, man! All right, so now we're inside, so you don't hear the wind. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Sean has some questions.
1: Yeah. So I'm curious. So. How do you train for the like you mentioned? Endurance is like a big thing when you want to make sure you can finish it, right? I mean, outside of like going for hikes, right? To train, mm-hmm. running, biking, just aerobic stuff. Yeah, right?
2: yeah. I mean, just cardio because
1: it's a it's a heart rate, yeah, and a breath sensation.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just doing cardio in general, and just honestly spending as much time in high altitudes possible.
0: Yeah, is this considered high altitude? It's definitely. I mean, if you're coming from. It's not like when I would land from Chicago. And then exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you're still at five thousand feet down that's at true. the in the front range. Like you're you're going to have more. You're going to be more used to it than if you were coming directly. I'm better from.
1: prepared than twenty one year old you. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly, man. So. Okay.
0: Yeah, but that's that's yeah. Yeah, I mean that's,
2: that's the best thing to do. That makes um, sense. You know, outside of just actually hiking. Long slow um, duration. Well,
0: yeah. and just know. It's gonna be hard no matter what. Like, you and could I'm be. With that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other thing I've noticed on the hikes I've done is your hands swell.
2: Yeah. They, what they, causes they that? They do.
1: And what do you do to avoid
2: that? <laughs> I don't know. I, what I do. To I avoid honestly, that. yeah. I, I don't think there's really any way to just avoid that. Just deal with that. it? Yeah. You're gonna mean, get, you get puffy just, hands. You just have to deal with it. I mean, I guess being hydrated Pucky, yeah. would probably be a good way to maybe prevent that. I don't know for sure. Okay. but um my
0: friend Kayla claims that she did one of the 14ers and like her, her hand swelled up to like hot dogs and really? then you know how if you put a hot dog in a microwave oh, for a while it. and it like pops like it's right. she said that happened in parts of her hand like no her way. skin yeah man That's so not- she got it bad i don't know if it's <laughs> just like cuz i've never had that at like barely at all maybe my ring gets kind of tight on my finger yeah. But I've never had I mean, the whole sensation of that. So I'm like, I don't know if that's just something that happens to some people and not others or, or if it's something that happens yeah. to everybody. So, Right. Yeah, this, I don't know.
1: The second hike I did after we went up to Mount Galbraith, we were walking like this with our hands above our head, just squeezing <laughs> our hands. You're like, come on, blood, go down. You're doing yeah. jazz hands? Yeah, we were doing jazz hands up and down a, a hiking trail.
0: That's yeah. I don't know exactly how to prevent that. Yeah. Except I, the more acclimated you get, sure. the better that's Probably gonna easier. be. Yeah, yeah. What else you got?
1: I think I don't know. You've scared me pretty well.
0: Well, I guess the intention isn't to scare
2: anybody, but no, but
1: like coming from pure ignorance, understanding what it's gonna like, you need to be aware of is like
2: right. Some, and, and you know, hiking hiking 14 years is. is not just, like, a hike. Right. It's not, um, like, because when you go I mean, hiking in
1: Colorado, like, on the weekend in the Front Range, it's like, ooh, let's do an hour. It'll be fun. Everyone's right. there. Yeah. Right. I'm assuming this is much. It's going to be different. a whole day thing. It's a for whole day for sure. thing.
2: And there's some routes. Um, I know if you hike Pikes Peak from Manatee Springs, about 26 miles round trip and about 7,000 feet elevation. Yeah. Here. Um, so, you know, it's definitely, you definitely want to when you're when you're going into doing your first 14 year you definitely want to give the mountain a lot of respect yeah um because mountains can can kill you if you're yep. not prepared um, whether that be lightning or from a fatal fall um so um definitely need to show the mountains respect and um you know plan accordingly and uh, don't be ignorant when you're up there. Yeah. And, so.
0: and be willing to turn around. If yeah. the day's and not going your way, just be willing to... Yeah. yeah. You know. And check the ego. And yeah. always
2: know, I mean, the mountain's going to be there um, yeah. forever. So it's better to, you know, come back and attempt it another day than to push yourself and get yourself into a bad situation. That so yeah. And as, like,
0: for us who live in Colorado, you know, we can check the weather. You know, we're... we're it's not like that's the day that you have to do it. I didn't make
1: a vacation out of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. there's not as much. Yeah,
0: so if, like, if you wake up and it's a terrible day or it's supposed to be bad weather early on. Because, I mean, I think 14ers.com actually, don't they have a weather report section?
2: Yeah, I believe they do. For yeah. each
0: peak. And it's yeah. like fairly good information. So yeah. if you check that and it's supposed to storm earlier than afternoon, like just don't do it. Right. Just do it a different time.
2: Yeah, that you makes know. sense. Another good website to search is mountainforecast.com. That's, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah. So don't go yeah, to yeah.
0: weather.com. No, because no, weather.com
2: is specialized. Mountainforecast.com literally will have the forecast for the summit of the peak. Yeah. Um, halfway up the peak and the base of the peak. Perfect. So there's three different levels yeah. of forecast and specifically for that peak. That's right. so, Whereas yeah, like that's weather.com,
0: awesome. like if we're doing – I guess I always go back to Massive and Elbert because they're right by Leadville. You yeah. would say the weather for Leadville, and yes. that might be like kind of accurate, but it's so different yeah, when yeah, you're... Yeah,
2: like it gives you a ballpark, in- but you want to know exactly what yeah. the weather forecast That's is going to be. Um, yeah, because wind can be... is another factor to keep in mind. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, Dude.
2: High wind, yes. it can get very... I mean, it's... Having a 100-mile-per-hour wind up on those peaks, I mean, it's not of really the ordinary that happens... 100 did you say 100 yeah oh yeah it can get very very windy up there um so i I mean yeah it's another reason why you you definitely want to plan uh Mm -hmm. which peaks you're doing um when you're planning on you know the specific day that you're going to be hiking
0: i have a question scott so um we calvin and i did elbert this summer and it was the first time we did it like After the afternoon thunderstorms, if that makes sense. So the afternoon thunderstorms happened like two, and then we're like, okay, now we're going up. Which was scary, because then you don't know. The weather's a little more risky then, and like, you know, it's not as just, I don't know. It's just, it it can be a little more chaotic, I guess. And it was scary, because you're climbing up the mountain, and you can't see the other side of the mountain. So you can't see if a storm is coming Uh, in the distance until you're already like sol because you're at the top of the mountain you know what i mean yeah so i don't know do you have any tips for that because i just remember we got to the top and there was a storm and it was quite a ways away still but like had we have had we had seen that storm earlier maybe we would have turned around instead of summiting
2: right yeah i mean it's always good like we said to check the forecast but It's always good just to use your best judgment Yeah, to always keep in mind, like, hey, this mountain's going to be here forever. Um, It might be best. Yeah, it might be kind of frustrating having to turn around. might ruin your day, but... um, Better to have have another day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, just using good judgment is always uh, a great tool to have and a great way to keep yourself safe.
0: Yeah. What was, what's been the kind of sketchiest situation
2: you've gotten in? Um, man. So this past winter, um, I've done, um, several snow ascents and, um, there's been a couple times. Um, and when I'm on these, um, snow ascents, I'm using ice axes and, um, the proper equipment. And, um, you know, there's been a few times where I've been on such steep terrain going up these collars on these mountains to where like my ice axe is literally what's holding me from my death. <laughs> Because the snow—that's kind of it, sketchy. It, it, it's so—it's so steep. Like, like for example, on Mount Meeker, which is a Centennial 13er, uh, right by Longs Peak. Um, my buddy Judson and I were on our way up there, and uh, heading back down the mountain, we went down this snow face, and um, there's a super steep grade, probably 60 or 70 degrees, <laughs> okay. and um, at the bottom of this kalar up on this up on the peak was a uh, thousand foot cliff and so i knew like if i slip i'm going to slide down this I'm kalar off this thousand foot cliff
1: what's a kalar it's,
2: um a kalar is basically like a super narrow gully on a mountain where um snow collects there Get it um super easily so yeah. it usually gets pretty deep um Jesus. yeah yeah so that's That was kind of, uh, you know, one of my scariest situations. Um, I've never really ran into situations where I've gotten caught in thunderstorms just due to proper planning. And, um, you know, and hiking, hiking mountains, um, you know, sport 14 years uh, specifically, you know, one thing I love is not just, you know, being outdoors and hiking, but when you're up there, um, you know, you're surrounded by like-minded people. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times when you do uh, mountains, especially the more popular ones, you're gonna see you know a lot of people up in the mountain. Yeah. But, you know, it's always super cool being on the summit um, of a mountain and just being surrounded by people who are super like-minded. I mean, obviously everyone's up there because they love the yeah, mountains. Right. You know, so it's, it's a really, um, really awesome way just to meet super cool people, um, develop some really awesome friendships and stuff. So, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's super cool.
0: Well, and while you're hiking, I always notice this about hiking in general is you just have the opportunity to actually like do nothing but have a conversation with a person. Yeah. in exactly. like one
1: of the most gorgeous thing places you yeah. can do it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like right. a bar. You're like, you took some effort to get up. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a little bit different. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, even if it's just someone you meet, generally you can have like a really good conversation and you're hanging with them for like an hour and it's kind of like, when was the last time you had a conversation for a few hours with just like a total stranger. Total stranger, you know? Oh, you so you, really avoid that. yeah, you, you get to know
2: people. And it's it's really so, cool. Yeah. I mean yeah, that's one of the things I love too. <laughs> is, yeah. yeah, let's end on some positive like yeah. you <laughs> should have the so thing is positive. like
0: you should know all these things going in. Yeah. But like don't let that stop you. Because chances are if you're being safe and you're being smart, like it's gonna be fine. You're gonna have it's gonna be difficult. Like no matter what, even Mount Sherman, which we're kind of talking like is the quote-unquote easy one. It's still a difficult mountain because yeah, you're...
2: It's not an easy hike. It's not an easy hike, no. Person.
0: Exactly. But uh, yeah, so some positive things. Like what benefits have you found uh, just in your life after climbing some of these mountains?
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, I've... Really, when I started hiking uh, mountains last summer, um, you know, it really kind of really kind of humbled me a little bit i mean it's it's so awesome just being up there on those peaks because you realize like how small you actually are For sure right? compared to these massive mountains and these huge gorgeous valleys below you um and you know, it really opens your eyes about you know how you know this beautiful place that we live in and like how lucky we are to yeah. be able to climb these mountains and stuff and uh you know that's one thing that uh you know i really took away from so far um with my time climbing mountains is, uh, you know, just being out there and enjoying the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, just thinking about how, how lucky we are to be able to, you know, hike these mountains whenever yeah. we want and to be surrounded by so much beauty it's and so much unique isolation. It's a place
1: to have, like, self-reflection, right? <laughs> yeah, it, is, it. it yeah. is. yeah. Right? Like, if you get up there, you're 14,000 feet in the air and there's nothing even close
0: to you. Right. And That's you're a little cool. bit, like, you're a little bit, like high almost like literally but like in your head too because you don't have as much oxygen and like you just have you do have these moments where you consider things about life and there's really nothing you're not distracted by anything else you know you're not there's no tv around there's no there's nothing yeah exactly so you know what's weird though my phone works perfectly on top of like a mountain But it doesn't work it, you know, in the middle of a city. (laughs) Right. right. It's like, how is this happening? (laughs)
1: Perfect.
0: Yeah. So, you know, and one thing I've noticed is every time you climb a mountain, even if it's the same mountain, you have a completely different experience. So, you know, maybe one time you do have like a huge like self-reflection, like self-discovery moment. And then maybe the next time it's just like. That was fun. Yeah, it's like a hard workout that you had to work out right. work through to right. get to the top or something. It's a different different experience each time, but you do learn something about yourself. You do pretty Absol- much every Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Um, well, I think we uh, <laughs> I think we should probably wrap this thing up because yeah. I've kids turning against me. Yeah, and, you uh, it's yeah. raining and you know. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks um, for having us. We I Sean Sean and I are definitely gonna hike uh, Mount Holy Cross, which is right in your backyard. You said, so, yeah, yeah, dude. Yep. You should definitely, it's, absolutely, definitely Love join Love us. To join you guys. All right, and, and then watch we'll the misery on my face. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll do like a a post fourteen year podcast, and we'll talk about all the fun s- yeah. stuff that happened to us. And, Perfect. And then we'll catch up with you, Scott, because yeah. I know you are you'll be doing crazy stuff all the time. So, <laughs> yep, yep, sounds good. Awesome, man. Well, uh, yeah, so. Check back in the future, I guess. Sweet. I'll try to get the kids to stop turning on me. <laughs> Good luck. All right. All right. That wraps up the podcast. Um, thanks again to Sean and Scott. Uh, you guys, that was exactly how I imagined the guide to climbing your first 14 in my mind, uh, minus the rain and wind and, uh, all the factors outside of our control <laughs> and the, and the babies turning against us. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll get back to with those guys some point in the future, uh, especially after we head up Mount of the Holy Cross uh, sometime in July. And uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully we have a story to tell you and hopefully it, it goes well and Sean gets to the top and holds his hands up like Rocky and jumps up and down on top of the world. That would be awesome. Um, if you enjoyed this one, like I said at the beginning, and I realized after I recorded that that I left out somebody. If you enjoyed it, check out our other podcasts with guests who mentioned the 14ers. So we have two episodes with Calvin Johansson. Uh, One was in the middle of his 14ers project and one was the 14ers project celebration. Uh, Will Siebert did a bunch of them in the winter and we chatted about that. Um, And the one I forgot to mention is a really recent episode with Scott Morris, who is actually mountain biked up some of the 14ers and down some of the 14ers. <laughs> so make sure you check that one out. And then uh I believe I'm looking through them. Uh, George Kittle talked about what they mean to him um, towards the end of that podcast. So, so yeah, feel free to check those out. Uh, and if you're coming out to Colorado or you live out here or if you live anywhere that where there's mountains, just climb a mountain, any mountain, okay? Climb one, it's a lot of fun you're going to have a great experience. I didn't say you're going to have an easy experience. It might be very difficult, (laughs) but in retrospect, it's going to be a great experience. And you might just become hooked to climbing mountains, which is ultimately my goal. All right, guys, we'll catch back up later. Have a good one.